everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Recovery is and Awesome. I am Robo, and I'm glad that you decided to take a couple minutes out of your day and uh, spend it with me here. Today we're going to talk about step four. So, at the end of step three, it says we next lost out on a course of vigorous action. The first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us have never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have very little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom. We had to get down to causes and conditions, right? So when the desire to drink left, right? So the, the, the desire for me to consume alcohol had left, now I was faced with a living problem. Because honestly, I didn't know how to live, right? But the hymnal goes on. It's on page 64 for those who want to follow along. said, therefore, we started out upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of this business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about his values. Right? And anybody who's worked in retail knows that you do inventory, you know, either once a quarter or you know, at least twice a year, right? Cuz you want to see what's selling and what's not selling. And all the junk that's just sitting there and taking up space, you want to get rid of. It's kind of like the same thing that I had to do inside my brain. Uh, inside my gut in step four we had to get we had to find and get rid of all that baggage that that I was carrying around um, I had to find it get it out and get rid of it without regret so continuing on it said we did the exact same thing with our lives we took stock honestly first we searched out the flaws in our makeup which caused our failure being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what has defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. This is my favorite part of the whole book. It's at the bottom of page 64. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. On a grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which had been interfered with? And it goes on to say we were usually as definite as this example. And on page 65, it gives you the example. It has three columns, right? I'm resentful at who or what, the cause, and what it affects. So, for example, for me, um, I was resentful at, say, my ex-wife. Right? Why? Well, because you know she was you know checking out other dudes, um, 
And what would that affect? Well, obviously it would affect my sex relations. Uh, it would affect my self-esteem, uh, which I really didn't have a whole lot of self-esteem to begin with. Um, it would also affect my uh, financial situation, right? Because, you know, if, you know, if we got divorced, you know, where was I going to live? And, you know, we go from a two household to a one household income, you know, and, 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 and so my sponsor had me write um, those three columns. And then it's a, it, it continues on. We went back through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness, thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. Now, the first thing apparent was that the world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse, then we resorted ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in more, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. And I will just add a caveat. If I go back to drink, and I will die, if I'm lucky. My luck? Probably not. I'll just go back to that miserable existence. If we were, continuing on in the book, if we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. We turn back to the list, for it held the key to our future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. Uh-oh, here comes that other list. We began to see the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill. But how could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us. They, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended us, we said to ourselves, This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy any chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Referring to our list again, here is the other list. So I just thought it was the three list, right? Who am I pissed off at? Why am I pissed off? And how it affected me. But now there's the fourth column. And if I'm honest, I really didn't like this one. Uh, but I'm glad I did it. So now we get to see what was my part. Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongdoing of others had done, we res 
resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to discard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, we listed them down. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. Notice the word fear is bracketed alongside difficulties with Mr. Brown. This goes back to the list example that they give you in the book. Mrs. Jones, the employer, and his wife. The short word somehow touched about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune and we felt we didn't deserve. But did we, did not we ourselves set the ball rolling? Sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. And here's the fifth list, or the fifth column, our fear list. And the book tells you exactly how to do all this, guys. We put them on paper. Even though we had no resentment in connection with them, we asked ourselves why we had them. Wasn't it because self-reliance had failed us? Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem, or any other. And when it made us cocky, it was worse. Perhaps there's a better way. We think so. For we are now on a different basis. The basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust an infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role He assigns, just to the extent that we do as we think He would have us, and humbly rely on Him does He enable us to match calamity with serenity. We never apologize to anyone for depending on our Creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality is the way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God, as we understand Him. Instead, we let Him demonstrate through us what He can do. We ask Him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what He would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. And then there's a whole other section on uh, sex, which is a whole other podcast. Then it goes on uh, to sum up of uh, step four. It says, we have, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory and we have written down a lot, we have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope that you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from Him. If you have already made a decision, an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you have made a good beginning. That being, so you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. Right, so in step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Their lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 
because we were insane. Definition of insanity is expect doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Right? Step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. And here we are on step four, which made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Right? We had to, I had to, make a list of everybody I was resentful at, um, whether it was real or whether I just made it up in my head had to get that stuff on paper. Uh, did I want to do it at first? Absolutely not. Um, but at the beginning of this whole thing, right, I was willing to go to any lengths to not drink. And like I said before, once that alcohol, the obsession and that craving was removed, now I have a living problem. You know, how do I live comfortably in sobriety? And I can't get to step 12 if I don't go through step four. And this list will come back uh, later on in the steps and you know we get to use that when we go out you know and make our amends and you know right the wrongs of our past but step four is crucial um, it has to be thorough um, now it's not a one-shot deal right I've done multiple step fours I, it wasn't like I just did one and got rid of it right because you know up until that point um, I honestly made a list of everybody and everything and every situation I was resentful at what it caused, how it affected me, and then, you know, the part that nobody really likes to do, but it's, it's very healthy, uh, and I'm glad I did it. Uh, what was my part in it? You know, why was my ex-wife, you know, all hopped up on looking at other men? Well, probably because I was either working or drunk all the time, and I was never around, right? There you go. Um, I don't like looking at myself. Uh, however, it's part of the process. Uh, being able to live comfortably with yourself in sobriety. Um, you know, step four is, is, is crucial. There's a lot of people that I have seen, and they, they get to step four, and they kind of half-ass it. Uh, and then pretty soon, you know, they're coming back in for another desire chip. And, uh, and I hate seeing that, and I choose not to do that today. Um, you know, and then when, you know, resentments creep up today, you know, it's, you know, I got a way to deal with it. You know, that book is a design for living. Right, it tells me what I do when I wake up, tells me what I do when I go to bed, tells me what I do when I'm out doing my day-to-day -day rat killing. Right? It tells me what happens when fear pops up. It tells me what happens when resentment pops up. It tells me um, that I cannot let myself get angry. Right? Um, it also tells me that resentment is my number one offender and it will destroy me bigger than anything else. But it also tells me that I'm mentally and physically ill, but I am spiritually sick. And it also tells me once I, I work on that spiritual stuff, you know, then I start thinking clearly and I start acting right. So step four is huge. Um, and if you're stuck on it, if you're new in sobriety and, and, and you haven't gotten there yet, don't fear it. Um, yes, it sucks going back and looking at all the crap that you did, uh, especially when you have to go back and look at your part in it. Uh, but I, I guarantee you, once you come out of the other side, you will be grateful that you did. Uh, it will be well worth it. Um, if you do it honestly and, you know, you do it with, uh, with a sponsor, uh, somebody who you trust, um, or a closed mouth friend as the book, as the book says. Um, but that's my babble on step four. Next week we'll do uh, step five. And once again, I really appreciate you guys joining me here on this podcast. Um, the feedback I'm getting from this is incredible. Um, I, I am grateful that you guys take your, take time out of your day to, to support 
me and uh, what I'm doing here uh, helps spreading the message. And y'all stay sober. Have a kick-ass day. And remember, recovery is effing awesome.